When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. This is how it's always been I'm on the outside looking in Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this is episode 51. Woohoo! And book... Oh, hang on. Hold your book up, Karen. Oh, oh. Uh, 46! <laughs> yes! Almost seamless. <laughs> Next episode, we'll be perfect. We might actually get good at this at some point. Eventually. <laughs> well, we've sort of, like, going to 50, hmm. I feel, is almost a bit of a year zero kind of yeah. thing. Sorry, I just realised that's like a... Pol Posh reference. Oh. So sorry about that. But uh, yeah, it's it's a, we're starting again. We're not starting a terrifying, murderous dictatorship. <laughs> Less genocide. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's almost made it easier. Yeah. Back to a one. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hmm. A little reset. Yes. So hopefully we won't get more confused. But why who am I kidding? We will. Uh, and anyway, it is decisions. Ooh, yes. So will we start with some taglines and blurbs? <laughs> what is our cover tagline, Karen? Is this the end for Robin and George? Yet again, the answer's no. No. Looks like. <laughs> Just so we predictable. Need, we need to stop taking these as actual questions. Yeah, I mean, they are very, not even rhetorical, I don't no. know what to describe them as. Uh, back tagline is, stuck in the middle. Oh. I guess she is. She is kind of, yeah. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Robin Wilson is having a spectacular year. She's in love with George Warren. She's mm. doing well in school. Oh. And she's almost sure to win the upcoming diving championship. Yeah, because she's a diver, diver now, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You say so, Francine. <laughs> I mean. Uh, then her rich aunt makes an <gasps> offer that's incredible, but it just may ruin Robin's happiness. <gasps> aunt Fiona will pay for her college education if Robin goes to the school her aunt and grandmother attended mm. back east. If Robin accepts, she'll have to leave George and her diving behind. <laughs> Her suddenly super important diving. But without her aunt's help, Robin may not be able to afford college at all. Robin feels as if she's being pulled in two directions. How can she do what's right for her without hurting the people she cares most about? Well, with great difficulty. Yeah. Also, you could read this book uh, as an appalling indictment of the American college system. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, but nobody brings up the structural problems. <laughs> So not much of a big picture book here. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so uh, can you describe the cover? Because I, for some reason, now, as usual, we're recording three episodes today. This yes. is the first of three. And the batch of three we have today, one is the mm-hmm. only one I have never read Ooh. until this week. And uh, so I was very excited about that. But the other two, I absolutely 100% 
I mean, I have I had read them before, and yeah. I know I own them, but I could not find them. So the cover in the in my black and white Kindle was not in its full glory. No, it never quite does it justice when no, it's in black and white on a Kindle. Not at does all. It? Yeah. So please describe. <laughs> okay, so for the cover of Decisions, we've got Robin and George uh, on the cover. <laughs> like again, these are not teenagers. Oh, George! George looks is someone. Like her dad. George is someone's dad. Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> he's someone's handsome dad who looks kind of annoyed. <laughs> is he going grey? I, th- I think they're meant to be like blonde kind of streaks shine kind of on his hair or Frosted something. tips. But like, yeah, they're standing back to back with their arms folded. A classic like, pose. Like a cop duo kind <laughs> of. <laughs> the international pose of fighting <laughs> or yeah. sass. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they both have their arms folded. Um, George is kind of looking over his shoulder at Robin. Oh. Like he just, he's just, he, he's 40. Like he's not, at least. he's no way is he a teenager. No. Not at all. Like he's quite handsome though. Like he's a handsome dad. He's a hunk, a hunky dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's crossed um, his arms and he's, uh, yeah, he's not looking too impressed. Um, I think this is our first look at Robin then, isn't it? Because I'm Ooh. like, Powerplay was her book, but it had the twins on the cover. You're right. So we haven't actually seen her. No, Until she's now. on the cover of another later book where, yeah. spoiler alert, she develops an eating disorder as oh, if she doesn't have it already. <laughs> but um, she's solo on that one. So this, she's mm. she's not very stylishly dressed. No, she's wearing one of those um, denim jackets that's about eight sizes too big for her. At it's least. that kind of giant 80s denim jacket mm. kind of. <laughs> I think she looks a lot like Selma Blair. Doesn't she? Oh my God, she does. Doesn't she? With like fluffy hair. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, it's actually uncanny. Isn't it? Like at Sel- no, Selma Blair's about my age. She's, she's, she's too, young, too young to be modelling. Like, Especially as that model is about twenty five. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> but like very Selma Blair vibes, I feel yes. like. Yes. Yeah. So she is pretty, though she her is, hair yeah. is uh, quite poofy. Look, everyone has questionable hair. That's just that's Good just point. the standard. Good point. <laughs> what is she wearing under the jacket? It always looks like a sort of a cravat. I think, yeah, no, I think it's actually just like a shirt, like a white, um, kind of like a men's shirt or something. See. It's kind of, oh, like the it is, kind it's of collars popped. Popped collars, baby. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It does. It just looks almost like a sort of a Regency era. A little bit, <laughs> kind of yeah. Mr. Yeah. Darcy's <laughs> At a glance. <laughs> Wow, yeah. what a, There's what a, lot a duo. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, character in their faces, I think. They're quite expressive. They are, actually, yeah. There's yeah. Uh, Well, there's a lot of tension in this book. There sure is. And George, another spoiler alert, is a bit of a dick. Yeah, like, what's mm. wrong with these boys? Oh, my God. Jesus. Yeah, there's some <laughs> dubious behaviour, to say the least. Dubious at best. Coming up. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I mean, are we surprised? <laughs> no. <laughs> When but will we learn not no, to be surprised? Never. We are very easily, uh, very easily shocked. True. So um, we begin the story with Liz snapping open the oracle with a flick of her wrist. Gosh, she's so efficient. She is. <laughs> she's so good at opening newspapers. God. <laughs> Though I would, I would have thought the uh, oracle was too sort of floppy. To be flicked open. Yeah. Is it a broadsheet? <laughs> like, is it a fucking know. huge paper? Oh, we've never, never come to think of it. We've never seen it. Yeah, I just assumed it was like some A4 photocopied pages. But yeah, like, me too. Who even but knows? Apparently it can be snapped, <laughs> open, snapped open with super amounts of drama. Yeah. And uh, she's thrilled at the sight of her terrible column uh, and dreams of seeing her name in a book. And in fairness, it does take a while 
for the thrill of seeing your name in print to go away Aww. even if it isn't like a, I mean I was pretty thrilled to the college newspaper so I can't really judge her for Aww. once <laughs> she's being relatable for once in her life yeah, so her quality <laughs> is still terrible <laughs> lest we forget uh, so Jess bounds up and we get the inevitable twin comparison before Jess reminds Liz that she needs to get a lift from Jeffrey today because uh, Liz or Jess is starting a new job yeah we actually are um, engaging in some continuity because mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was wonderful yeah the last book they did they mentioned Jessica needing more money or something and mm-hmm. how she was uh, going to arrange to babysit for some people that Stephen knew in college it or something was going or like to professors yes which then doesn't happen because no. this <laughs> job spoiled with her yeah, yeah. Is mm. anyway, but they did set it up. I guess that she was going to be looking for babysitting, babysitting jobs. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she's uh, she's got a an employer. Can <laughs> you tell us who it is? It's so yeah, she has arranged to babysit a few days a week for the little sister of a music student called Alex Kane. Hmm. I bet he's handsome. Of course. <laughs> and uh, yet another spoiler alert: he is. Of, co- <laughs> of course, he is. Yeah, apparently he's. It's quite convoluted. He's like home in his parents' house. Because he's working on some big composition, mm. but his parents work quite late. They're clearly busy people. Yeah, his um, parents are just out of the picture conveniently for... Constantly. Yeah. Um, so he is looking after his little sister, mm-hmm. and uh, or not looking after her. Yeah. Because he's <laughs> They're outsourcing those duties, as you do. <laughs> to Jess. Yeah. And Jess worries that he'll be a bit of a eccentric, mm. but nothing could be further from the truth, as we will see. <laughs> so the twins enter the cafeteria, and Jess tells Liz about her visit to Robin, which happened at the very end of the last book. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jess turned up at Robin's for some cheerleading business and Robin told her that she had applied to Sarah Lawrence yes. in New York City mm-hmm. on early admission and uh, she burst into tears and said, and I got in! Yeah, and early admission, according to this book anyway, is that you skip senior year, which still makes no sense to me at and all. I- don't, I don't think, think it's, it's a thing. true. I think somebody yeah. told us. Someone came in. Yeah, someone did get in touch and say this. This is not a thing. No, no. <laughs> also, she would be so. By the way, this is a thing for this entire book, which is, as you know from the blurb, about uh, Robin's dilemma over yeah. will she go to will she go to New York? Mm-hmm. Like it's never mentioned. Do you know what? You've gone in. Just defer for yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah. Do your Pretty sure you're going to get in next year. Yeah. There's no urgency. This would only be an urgent <laughs> subplot if she was. In her final year of school. Yes. But anyway, let's uh, put all logic and reason aside, as usual. <laughs> reason. <laughs> yeah. so that stuff is for suckers. Yeah, of course it is. No space for it here. So Liz is impressed by uh, Robin's achievement, but she's surprised that Robin hasn't mentioned it to anybody. Yeah, because it's Jessica tells Elizabeth about it. Yes, and, it? and yeah. Liz has heard nothing. Robin hasn't mm. told anybody about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we get another reminder that Robin is a fairly champion diver. I'm sorry, but where did this come from? <laughs> also, speaking of things coming out of nowhere, Annie is supposedly Robin's best friend. Yes, although I'm kind of on board with this because they've both been terrorised by Jessica Wakefield. Oh so my like, God. if that wouldn't bond you, I don't know what would. That is very true. <laughs> they do have the, that, that ultimate bond. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that does make sense. Mm-hmm. And they're both kind of outsiders a mm. bit. And they're both, well, they're both, yeah, outsiders, but also happen to be cheerleaders so it's like yeah okay. no, it's, I guess I guess okay fair enough fair enough but yeah um, <laughs> so uh, Liz is also is is confused to hear that Robin wasn't happy about this this uh, exciting news yeah that she was upset about it and we cut to Robin and Annie and Robin is quite distracted bef- um, and when Annie sort of presses her she pours out her heart and tells her about her uh, 
her achievement, but she's she's not happy about it. No, yeah, because Annie kind of asks what George thinks about it, mm. and then Robin starts blushing, and she's all like, clearly hasn't told him, and Annie's no. like, why haven't you talked to your boyfriend about this? Yeah, and uh, it it's it's turns out as as the blurb said that it's like a big family tradition to go to Sarah Lawrence. Yes, and Robin's aunt. Uh, who went there is now a famous artist. Yeah. And Annie, uh, Robin's single mom relies on this Aunt Fiona for, for handouts, basically. Yeah. It's not a great situation. No, because uh, this aunt is very bossy and domineering. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything has to be on her terms. Exactly. Yeah. She enjoys her power. Mm. And Robin isn't comfortable being in, in her debt. Yeah. But she, it's, it's a, re- it is a genuinely really tricky situation because she doesn't have any way of paying for college herself, yeah. even if she went to a really good state college like this UCLA, because it, yeah. it would still cost money. Of course, um, and uh, she, Robin is a very high achiever. She wants to study computer science, which but, is pretty cool. Yes, <laughs> and apparently UCLA has a really good computer science Com- program. Okay, sure. <laughs> Like, I love how we've just got all these sudden traits for Robin out of nowhere. It's like, wasn't she like into like flying planes and being a pilot a while ago? Oh, she still is. She's <laughs> mentioned. Such a high achiever. Planes, <laughs> champion diving, sure? computer programming. Why not? <laughs> um, so Annie asks what, you know, uh, as you said about George, mm. and it turns out that Robin hasn't told him. But the reason is she knows that he'll be upset. He's going to want her to stay in California, of course. Yeah, yes. Boys are selfish and stupid. And he really is. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, she And also, she doesn't know if she wants to go. Oh, yeah, she's genuinely so the crucial thing. undecided. Like, she really doesn't know what she wants to do. Yeah. So it is a tricky situation. Mm. And also, she apparently has a big diving competition coming up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> uh, and it's really soon, but she can't even concentrate on it. She's so stressed. She's considered binge eating. Oh, God. Yeah, there's like a whole page oh, it's about so bad. it. It's really bad. Like, I think I just wrote down, this is horrible. <laughs> it's just and you're right yeah she uh, Robin allows herself a self-mocking smile as she looked at her friend Um, either that because Robin's made some joke or I'll start stuffing myself with every fattening thing in sight no no Annie laughed not that Jesus and uh, yeah we're told that every time Robin goes to diving practice and sees herself in a swimsuit she says to herself don't eat don't eat so grim this is the worst message really bad so uh, are we surprised and it's no. all done in such like a jokey kind of like way as well it's like this is this is really bad you guys yeah, what are you that's doing? what makes it so bad yeah. is that it is in the sort of ha 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 yeah, yeah. you don't want to get fat again oh no ha ha yeah, keep like, starving like, none of this is funny I know this is upsetting oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, they really do try and backtrack on all this in mm. that later book but it really yeah. is too little too late too late to undo previous, all this like, 70 books or whatever they yeah. are at that stage so Annie urges Robin to tell George and uh, Robin is like mm, I suppose I should because apparently after their extremely secretive beginning which we might remember they oh, were yeah. floating around on the airfield oh god yeah because uh, George was going out with Enid but yes. like fell in love with Robin when they were learning to fly planes <laughs> uh, just you know your usual in. teenage stuff <laughs> Um, so yeah, that they began in in secrecy, in secret, yeah. and Robin uh, doesn't want to have any more secrets. Mm-hmm. 
cut to Jessica, who's driving along with, quote, a smile of pure satisfaction <laughs> on her face. Like, that isn't her expression 99% of <laughs> the time. Default setting, like, yeah. <laughs> Smug bitch. <laughs> so she arrives at the house of this uh, musician, Alex Kane, mm-hmm. and she meets an adorable five-year-old child called Alison. Oh, she's got feathery gold ringlets. Of course. And you know, uh, she's ridiculously cute. And yes. you know if that kid had been ugly, Jess w- would have turned the car around. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's all, baby, it won't be so bad. Why? Because the child's physically cute. Yeah. yeah. Could sure. have been a charming, ugly child. Yeah, I kind of was waiting for um, Alison to turn out to be a nightmare, but she's not. She's just like a cute kid. It's yeah. all fine. She's a little angel. Yeah. And she uh, deserves a better babysitter than Jessica. <laughs> very unprofessional. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so the house is gorgeous and it's full of instruments and uh, um, sheet music. And then Jessica meets Alex and he is a hunk of a half. <laughs> He's, uh, there's quite a dramatic uh, description of him. He's, um, Alex was undoubtedly one of the best looking guys she had ever seen. I love how she's got like a league table of guys. Oh God, of course <laughs> like she does. at the top. <laughs> it's up in the wall over the Hershey bar. The same soft blonde hair that framed his sister's pixie face curled behind his ears like gold silk. Jesus. And intelligence and sensitivity sparkled in his eyes. <laughs> So Jessica is only delighted. And she decides she's now a, quote, dedicated musical music lover. <laughs> she decides, yes, that how she's going to win him over is mm. to uh, be super into music all of a sudden. Of course. And uh, he's delighted to hear that she can't live without music, apparently, <laughs> because his whole family are musicals, if you haven't guessed. And even Alison plays the recorder, <laughs> which will become significant as we go on. So Jessica wants to stay inside with uh, with Alex, but Alison wants to go outside, um, you know, and play. And play. She's a kid. <laughs> yeah. And Jessica's job is to be with her. So um, Jessica just flirts really inappropriately with Alex for a while. <laughs> it's what she's best at. Yeah, she's all like, he says, oh, you know, I want somebody to keep Alison quiet while I work. And she's like, I know what you mean. Which doesn't even make sense. No. <laughs> it's like very inept, heavy flirting. Oh, God. But that is the Jessica way. And we're reminded that she's had some previous disasters with college boys. But this time, she's determined to make things work. <laughs> so Alison plays the recorder for her. And it's really gorgeous sounding, apparently. Now... Two of my sisters play the recorder, and I mean properly play the recorder. There's a bit later on where Jessica goes to a music shop and they're like, do you want an alto or a oh, tenor yeah, and everything? Yeah. And my older sister played like the giant recorder that's the size of like a bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can tell you, no offense to my sisters, it's very rarely a... Uh, it's, it's always quite a strong sound. Okay. Like, but it's a, okay. <laughs> I think because I had to overhear a lot of, you know, a lot of piano practice as well. And I played the piano so I could handle that. Okay. But the parping of wind instruments, mm. I cannot imagine this five-year-old is so amazing that she can make it sound beautiful. <laughs> so good. Well, she's she's amazing at green sleeves, so, you know. That's true. Uh, <laughs> no, she plays a whole bunch of things then. Um, because Jessica does a brain wave because she says, if a five-year-old can play like that, then Jessica herself is obviously going to be amazing. It's going to be a breeze for Jessica. Of course it will. So despite her entire lack of musical skills, apparently she's never had any. Like, she's always been unmusical. It's so funny. They say that uh, she has no ear for music and she sings off-key. And it's like, is this the first time a Wakefield has been bad at something? Oh my God. Like, 
They're amazing right. at everything, but <gasps> Jessica can't sing. And it's like, oh my God, finally, a oh. weak point. <laughs> oh, their Achilles heel. <laughs> they can't sing. <laughs> it, only, it only took 46 books yeah, to come up with something. Though in fairness, as we will find out, one of the twins is a musical. Oh, of so, course, yeah. Of course, and of course it will be. The other yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Jess is going to, to pl- is going to get a recorder and some sort of tuition book. And by the end of the week, she'll be a virtuoso. Yeah. And she is delighted with herself. Yeah, this is the plan that's going to win Alex over, apparently. Mm. Well, you know, she's... Uh, God loves a trier. <laughs> so <laughs> She gets an A for effort. Good luck. So Robin heads to the Dairy Burger with George and we are... Uh, he, he cracks... It's barely even a joke because she says something about... Uh, he says like, oh, is it okay to go to the Dairy Burger? You know, college guys like me are real big spenders and we're told that uh, Robin loves his quirky sense of humour. Mm-mm. Is that an example? No. <laughs> I'm not having that. Really? No. Yeah, George is, is not witty or particularly charming. And <laughs> we're reminded of how sensitive he is because he didn't want to break up with his paralysed girlfriend. <laughs> what a hero. <laughs> a gent, a prince among men. Yeah. So uh, because he is so sensitive, Robin just cannot bear the thought of, you know, upsetting him. And apparently he wants to they want he wants to take her on a date. Flying along the coast to look for uh, for shipwrecks from the air. Okay, that sounds very cool, but it also does. very uh, OTT Love for it. some teenagers. Though I guess he does look about forty-five. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's an undercover cop. <laughs> he's got some sort of like low-flying seaplane. Yeah. So uh, Robert brings up college, and George is a little bit cocky and just making a few assumptions about yeah. what, what Robin is going That's to it, do. Because Robin's kind of saying, you know, that she's been thinking about college and he kind of cuts her off and he's like, oh, obviously UCLA. I mean, no, yeah. obviously it's natural for you. Yeah. Of course you're going to go there. And it's like, all right, let her finish a sentence, George. Yeah. And uh, she, that doesn't bother her, his presumption. Uh, she's just upset that this means he's going to be even more upset when he yeah. hears that she's yeah, considering suppose, somewhere else. Yeah, and it's, it's extra hard for her because she knows whatever she decides, someone's going to be pissed off with her. Yeah. So it's really tough on her. In no, it genuinely is. And uh, she tells him that she's worried about paying for college and he's like, ah, oh, that rich aunt of yours. And she tries to tell him that the rich aunt's gifts come with strings attached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's conditions and all this stuff. Yeah, and he's like, I just stand up uh, to her. And he doesn't really get that that's easier said than done. Yeah. And he actually jokes like something like, oh, what you going to do? Tell you where to go to college? And Robin is about to say, well, actually. Yeah, and she actually is about to tell him and then he cuts her off again. And it's like, stop cutting her off. True. He doesn't actually let her say what she's trying to. Yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah, because he says something like, well, we all know you're going to go to college in California. So, you know, yeah, whatevs. Um, And it's not clear. Like, he really isn't meant to be a baddie. As no, the book goes on. He, no, yeah, even though he totally is. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, it is often the way with the men of Sweet Valley. It's true, yeah. It's like, oh no, he's really a good guy. It's like, really? Show me some is fucking he? evidence. I want receipts. <laughs> uh, so we cut to the Casadel Wakefield where the twins are doing the dishes. And uh, there's a, a little bit that doesn't go anywhere. About oh, yeah. Jess tells Liz about Lila apparently going on some date with her with the son of her dad's friend, but he's only 15. This again? Oh my I God. Know. Why does this keep happening? <laughs> what is it with them and hunky 15-year-olds? 15 15 year olds? 
they all look 18 as well it's like come on oh they no. probably all look about <laughs> 60 given the covers so <laughs> don't think you need to worry girls <laughs> uh, so uh, Lila rings and Jess tells her all about us Alex Cade while Liz the sap does the dishes yeah just leave them and, and she, she knows comes back. Like, yeah cause, and she's she kind of says oh I should leave these for Jessica to yeah, do yeah you and should like, well then do it like stop stop doing all the dishes while she's on the phone oh such a doormat yeah after cheerleading the next day, Jess basically hustles Kara into the Fiat to go to the mall um, because she wants to buy oh, yes, a her recorder. recorder. <laughs> the plan do, is being put into action. Do we hear what the music shop is called? I think we know. Oh, wait, it's probably we? just the music uh, shop. Oh, probably, yeah. Wasn't there the music the, shop already? There was. There was. It sold records. Oh. Didn't Lynn teach there? Or was it called something else like the Guitar Shack? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's definitely, uh, there is a like music shop, mm. the music shop. Yeah. But I think there's another one though, isn't there? Or is it like, oh. um, was it like a community centre type oh, of thing? That right. Yeah, that had some sort in. of complex. Yeah, but also had a shop attached to it. I don't know. Well, I yeah. mean, Sweet Valley Commerce is a uh, very... Confusing. Uh, very confusing <laughs> and weirdly basic thing. Mm. Uh, so whatever this shop is called, Jess is in there wanting to buy a recorder, but she's a bit taken aback by the, the complexity of all the of all the instruments. Yeah, the one uh, behind the counter is kind of like, well, what kind? Because, yeah, there's like, what, bass, tenor, alto, soprano, sopranino? Like there's loads yeah. of different kinds and wooden uh, or plastic and yeah. And and Jess is uh, totally overwhelmed. Bamboozled. Yes. And some of the some of the recorders cost $300. Uh-oh. <laughs> but then they go, uh, yeah, there's a plastic one for like 12 quid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> so she takes that and she's convinced she's going to be playing a Mozart within a week and mm. Alex will love her. She's very confident in her abilities. Yeah. Well, that's not really a surprise, I suppose. <laughs> uh, back at the Casadel Wakefield, Liz waves farewell to Jeffrey. Uh, we hear that they uh, they were in the library, but they weren't able to concentrate on their books because they'd spent as much time talking and gazing into each other's eyes as they had looking for research material. Oh my god! What Pity. a pair of assholes! <laughs> Imagine trying to do a bit of work in the library and having those dickheads next to you. <laughs> Oh, oh my God, just sickening. Ugh. Put you off your history homework. <laughs> and uh, she she comes in and hears a terrible squeaking sound. <laughs> and uh, turns out it's Jessica. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's teaching herself the recorder. It's not going well. No. And uh, Liz is, is intrigued by, by the whole recorder thing because apparently a while ago she heard two girls play hauntingly beautiful recorder duets on the beach. Ghosts. They were ghosts. They were definitely ghosts. Who the fuck does that? <laughs> very poetic for the for Sweet Valley. Isn't it? <laughs> I like, cannot have, like they're just standing there playing the, the recorder surrounded by like Lila in her leather bikini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't gel with the image of the Sweet Valley beach at all. <laughs> well, these ghost recorder players mm. have clearly stuck in uh, in Liz's mind because <laughs> she's she wants to give it a go. And as soon as she puts that recorder to her lips, she makes a beautiful, pure sound. <sighs> give me a fucking break. <laughs> Is anyone surprised? Like a light, airy note came out, steady and true. Oh, <laughs> like, oh there aren't enough vomity noises in the world. Oh, but also all this recorder stuff is kind of hilarious when you're a massive child like me. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, yeah, when Liz hands the recorder back to Jessica, she's like, maybe you were blowing too hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, also the, the book is open on her bed and she's like, the open page showed a fingering diagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there's quite a few people in Sweet Valley that could do with a fingering diagram. <laughs> oh, God. But it keeps happening every time someone plays the recorder. It's like a fucking carry on film. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, I need to drink more. Sorry, I'm just bringing the tone down massively. <laughs> oh, no, you've come to the right place there. I go on a singing weekend in uh, a lovely folk singing weekend in January every year and my friend Angelina and I spend a big chunk of it uh, snickering over lines like the fisher lad that bangs them all. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody else is just like, oh yes, we are crying like doubled over. Mass giggles. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just I I just have to try and, and rise above it. Rise above it, but it's very difficult because it is not my nature. Oh, it's easier said than done. No, God, and it's just when you shouldn't be doing it, then it gets even funnier yeah. and uh, and more childish. That's it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm setting myself up again. Um, so uh, Liz's fingering is very. <laughs> It's perfect. It's amazing. But um, she realises that she has to turn her back on her recorder dreams because she can't step on (laughs) Jessica's toes. Yeah, I think there's been other times when uh, Elizabeth's been really good at something and it sort of like outshines Jessica and then she's kind of been huffy about it. So she's Mm. like, look, let this be her thing and not uh, not take over. We get a little reminder of uh, quite a lot of them. Mm. Like the time that Jess wanted to make, be a gourmet cook and oh, yeah. Liz was like, oh, I'm taking your pa- the parents out for a fancy meal. Right. So, so yeah, she decides she'll leave the recording to Jess. But a few days later, she's at the library and she's like humming an airy tune because oh. suddenly at the age of 16, she's become a musical maestro. I guess. <laughs> and there's a, a very cheesy bit with the librarian is smiling and going, shh with her fingers to her lips because yes. everybody's just, just charmed by Liz and doesn't find her an annoying Annoying coming away in the library it's like dude shut up oh god and yes of course the, the sweet valians are, are romping around uh, Winston and Maria are there Bill Chase is sitting with his perpetually sunburnt <laughs> nose buried in the latest edition of Surfing Today Get some zinc sunscreen, Bill. <laughs> Come oh, on, Bill. <laughs> really? Well, why am I surprised anyone in this town isn't using sun protection? Uh, true. They all lather themselves in baby oil, for God's sake. True. Uh, so, uh, George is there too, in the happy throng. And uh, there's a reminder, which is quite good continuity, of the old awkwardness between them after he like dumped her paralysed best friend. <laughs> Well, that's right. But wasn't it that Liz knew that there was something going on with him and Robin before Enid knew? Oh, she did. So it was very awkward She'd between seen them. those photos. Oh, that's... Yes, yeah. There was a whole thing with Penny's sister. Was Being like a, a secret, secret photographer. photographer. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so Elizabeth knew he was up to something and it was all really awkward between them. And they do kind of, yeah, call back to that, all right. Which is nice. But uh, then, of course, Liz mentions, hey, isn't it cool about Robin getting into Sarah Lawrence? And Ro- George is like, what? <laughs> So, a very awkward moment. And uh, Liz feels terrible about it because she knows she's put her foot in it. So when she gets home, she seeks solace in the recorder. <laughs> and it's quite a funny bit because Prince Albert keeps coming in and looking at her like... Oh. Yeah, because he's a cartoon dog. He's amazing. <laughs> he always is. And she's like, don't worry, Prince Albert. I'm just having a quick 
Yeah, she's like, she's like, I'm just trying it out. Don't worry about it. It's yeah. fine. And it's like he's looking at her, making her guilty, yeah. making her feel guilty. And she just <laughs> plays a few notes, but then she says, no, no, I can't. Yeah. Uh, very noble. She resolves to leave it to Jess. In Robin's house, Mrs. Wilson is all excited because she's going to employ none other than Alice Wakefield. Of course. To do up her kitchen. <laughs> because apparently if Robin accepts this Sarah Lawrence offer, uh, then Aunt Fiona is also going to give Mrs. Wilson money to get <laughs> a, a new kitchen. A new kitchen. I'm not really sure what this bargain is. I know. It's like she's selling her daughter down the river for a new kitchen. Yeah. It's like, I want a new kitchen. I'll tell you how to, Robin. I'm sorry, but like... <laughs> Fair point. There's a lot to be said for a new kitchen. True, true. <laughs> and uh, Robin asks if her aunt would be like, would basically sort of hinting yes. uh, that she's not happy. Is like, so would she be okay if I went somewhere else? And Mrs. Wilson loses it. Yeah, she lets out a frustrated cry. And it's like, <laughs> all right, calm down, Jesus. Yeah, that is very uh, dramatic. It's a lot. And basically says like, Robin is selfish and immature for not wanting to leave her diving and her boyfriend and head to New York at the age of 16 or wherever else she is oh and Robin is 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 understandably resentful that her mother is basically letting Aunt Fiona determine Robin's mm. life yeah her mother really isn't listening to her at all no not at all but Robin is also genuinely torn because she does admit that Sarah Lawrence and, and going to New York would be kind of amazing yeah yeah she's like yeah that's it actually in one mind she's like this would actually be great but yeah, I suppose she doesn't want to be forced into it either. So Yes, yeah. exactly. And her mother will not acknowledge that there's any reason to be torn or have any <sighs> issues at all. She's just like, nope, you're going to go going. to college for free and you're going. Yeah, yeah. And also, Aunt Fiona is coming to town. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a gallery opening in LA this in LA, week yeah. and she's going to stay with them. And Robin is just starting to feel... This is actually very realistic. Robin is just feeling kind of panicky and mm-hmm. resentful. It just yeah. feels like everything's sort of closing in on her. So uh, it's quite well done. It is, actually, yeah. And I guess it's the same evening. George turns up to collect Robin. And she gets in the car and she's just, you know, lost in her own world. And it takes a while for her to realise that George is acting a bit weirdly. He's, mm. he's sort of silent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because he's, instead of just fucking talking to her. Mm, <laughs> like, of course not. He's just being all huffy and weird with her. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's busy thinking about like, oh, you know, Sarah Lawrence would be great. We're going to use Sarah Lawrence, better computer science. So what about my diving? Oh. She's a lot in her mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. And also we're told, because this is kind of an ongoing thing later on, that she needs to get the gear in the, in the, in the zone for her diving competition that yes. she's got coming up. Which I think is possibly like like the next like the following weekend or something yeah it's really it? soon yeah and her coach is always telling her like you know attitude is everything when you're on the diving board yes, so you've got you, to you need to be mentally prepared as well as physically prepared so it's really the worst of all possible situations <laughs> yeah. and finally she notices that George hasn't said a word the whole time they've been in the car and he explodes oh my god like he's such an asshole Mm. yeah because she's just like George is, is something wrong because like as far as she's concerned he's just being really weird out of nowhere and I was like, George exploded. Wrong, he repeated, his <laughs> eyes blazing as he turned to her. Oh my God. I just found out my girlfriend wants to break up but won't actually tell me. That's what's wrong. Where did that come from, George? Seriously, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> and yeah, she tells him the truth and he is an absolute dick. He's furious. Like, he's so terrible about it. Because he's all, I can't believe you'd even consider going. And she also very realistically finds herself going, but it's a really good school. Yeah. And he can't see that she has anything to be torn about. 
and uh, she makes a kind of a ridiculous jump. She she assumes that Annie told him. Yeah, yeah, because the only people that actually know about this whole early admission thing are Annie and Jessica. And she's like, Annie, my best friend has probably told someone instead of Jessica, noted schemer and bully and victimizer and like worst person ever. Couldn't possibly be her. I know, because she's like, Jess wouldn't have seen George, but Annie wouldn't have seen George either no. because like George is in college. Actually, exactly, what was he yeah. doing in the library? In the oh, Sweet Valley? Who knows? Who even knows? Um, so anyway, Robin's decided it was Annie and she's very upset. At cheerleading practice, Jess tells Kara that she knows Annie or Alex is really into her. Uh, why? How? Well, oh, look, <laughs> she doesn't need evidence. True. Fine. Given previous form, we <laughs> yeah. know this. And Robin turns up and she's all kind of stern and angry. She ignores Annie and then finally um, she cracks and yells at Annie and calls her basically a traitor. And uh, you probably want George for yourself. Oh, God. Yeah, everyone jumps to that, isn't it? You want to see my boyfriend. It's like, that's what everyone I know. jumps to every time. It's the only motivation <laughs> yeah. for anything. <laughs> anything ever happens. You're trying to steal him, aren't you? Oh, like, nobody God. wants your dumb boyfriend. Yeah, especially given his carry-on and his mm. advanced age, apparently. <laughs> uh, so Annie is understandably really upset at this, as you would be. And yeah. she walks off and Jess realises, oh, yeah, that must be because of me. This is on me. <laughs> yeah, because this happens in front of all the cheerleaders. Um, and it's so funny because when Jessica figures out obviously it was because it must have been Elizabeth because she yeah, picked yeah. her of course um, she's like well Robin's kind of my competition so maybe this is a good thing yeah. <laughs> I was like what are you doing that is literally how her mind works she's like oh so if, if uh, Robin breaks up with George then she'll definitely go and you know Annie too has a riff if she has a rift with Annie then uh, she'll have nothing to keep her here so she'll fuck off to New York she'll and I will be York, and I'll be the queen of Sweet Valley <laughs> <laughs> I guess <laughs> so uh, yeah she's uh, delighted mm-hmm. as as only she could be yeah. reveling in the misfortune of others <laughs> at diving practice Robin just cannot concentrate and her rival is delighted yeah Tracy King where, where did she come from <laughs> next door apparently oh yeah true yeah <laughs> She's Robin's next door neighbour and she is a cartoon villain. Like yeah, she's literally yeah. snickering and sneering. Yeah. Like dastardly and mutley. Pretty much, do. yeah. Um, by the way, it's uh, their coach, we're told, is an Olympic silver medalist who mm. has clearly fallen. Fallen on hard times. <laughs> she's coaching in Sweden Valley. She's not even coaching college divers. Like. No. Oh, no, do you know what she is? Oh, is she? She is pro- co- uh, practicing co- uh, coaching Sweet Valley College, but she does these classes for the high school t- kids oh, as well. Oh, okay. She's so, just really sound like that. Yes. Very noble. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I mean, Olympic silver medal and Sweet Valley College University. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I think you'd get a bit, you know, more prestigious than that. <laughs> and the practice is uh, a disaster. Yeah, her dives are completely off because she's just so preoccupied with everything else. Yeah, and her stress is not alleviated when George collects her and acts again like a fucking baby. <laughs> what is his problem? And she actually wonders, would it just be easier to stay in California and find a scholarship or something? And she tells him, okay, I'm not going to go to Sarah Lawrence. And he is delighted. Yeah. But she's a bit sort of, it's not like, she feels 100% that she's done the right thing. No, for a second she's kind of like, okay, I've decided and it's done now. But then immediately she's like, no, I still don't know what I want to do. She just yeah. said that to keep him happy. But she, she also the whole being independent and not reliant on her aunt is yeah. another factor. Of course, yeah. So Liz, we go, um, oh, sorry. 
uh, Jess is babysitting Alison on a Saturday mm. for plot contrivance re- reasons. <laughs> yeah, apparently Alison Alex's parents are away in San Francisco or something. So Jess yeah, is looking conference. after her. And she's brought Lila with her because why the fuck not? She's also taken uh, Alison to the beach yeah. so she can just hang out with all her friends mm-hmm. as they did in Malibu Summer. True, They actually, are the yeah. worst childminders ever. <laughs> apparently Lila brings a quote oriental rug she's amazing <laughs> to oh the God. beach yeah they were camped out on an old red oriental rug from Lila's house it was huge and Lila needed to find a couple of boys to drag it from the trunk of her car <laughs> whenever she brought it to the beach but both girls agreed it had a lot of style <laughs> It does. Oh my God, Lila. Amazing. Oh, it really is. Oh God. No beach towel for her. Oh God, no. <laughs> um, so uh, Jess admits that the recorder is harder than she thought it, it would be. Um, and just as she's saying this, who should turn up but Alex? <laughs> and even Lila is dazzled yeah. by his radiance. Ooh, yeah, because he turns up with like, is it like he's got, he's just in his shorts or something? Because he's turned yes. up at the beach. And so, oh yeah, he strode across the, stand, the sand in a bathing suit. Mm. His legs and chest muscular and tan. Of course. <laughs> he may, you know, stay work indoors on his... Work, <laughs> I was going to say work on his instrument. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some fingering diagrams of his own. <laughs> what happens on the Oriental work stays on the Oriental work. Oh, Jesus. Oh, probably just roll it up and burn it. <laughs> don't wipe. Don't look too closely. That's a pattern. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> oh, we've hit a new low. Oh, God. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, Jessica realises she has to just get even better on the recorder to... She can't yeah. give up. There's, there's kind of no good reason for him to have turned up here it's just no, like nothing yeah. happens it's just like he's hot confirmed okay yeah uh, here's a reminder Jessica can't give up on her crappy recorder playing <laughs> yeah. meanwhile Liz is at the pool writing an essay for school that even she admits is pompous <laughs> and she is not wrong surprisingly <laughs> enough so she heads inside to look for her sunglasses um, in which she knows Jessica has stolen which gives her a reason to go into Jessica's room which gives her a reason to spy mm. the recorder yeah, she just keeps rooting around in Jessica's bedroom yeah, all she's looking for excuses yeah. and uh, she of course ends up playing it and having a go by the way I, I mean I guess there's an instruction book but it seems very odd that you'd suddenly be able to just go oh yeah no this doesn't with no teacher no, or absolutely not anything so she ends up practicing the recorder for an hour mm. under the reproachful gaze of Prince Albert <laughs> he's having none of this <laughs> oh he is shocked by this deception <laughs> and uh, yeah she thinks back to all these times she recently outshone Jess mm. like when Jess was Jessa Fields but the modelling agency <laughs> wanted Liz oh yeah and, um so yet again, I mean, there's a lot of repetition in this book, as usual. She's like, no, 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 I can't outshine her oh, no. with my genius. <laughs> she, also, she felt a bit lightheaded from blowing so much. <laughs> and her fingertips were becoming slightly sore from pressing down on the holes. <laughs> a little bit there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. I'll stop now. <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah Jess comes home and starts practicing the recorder herself and is so bad that Liz is genuinely distressed oh gosh <laughs> that's how terrible she is 
And at dinner, Alice tells the ki- the twins that she's uh, revamping Robin Wilson's family kitchen. Yes. And we get a reminder of Alice's uh, classic style. When her mother designed something, it was with taste and style that lasted for years. Oh, God. Of course it is. <laughs> and uh, Liz tells, uh, this is the little uh, setup for um for the next for the next book. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, so Jess tells Liz that Bruce is having a pledge season mm. for the for the, the fraternity. fraternity. Yeah. Um so, which is gonna play a major part in the following book. And we get a reminder of Bruce and his arrogant ways. Indeed. Because Regina is gone and forgotten. Yeah. And uh, Alice remarks that she heard Jess practicing for a whole hour recently and uh, and she was really good. And Jess is like, oh God, was it a whole hour? Mm. But of course, Alice just heard Liz. Yeah, Jessica's kind of confused. She's like, oh, really? And, and I was really good. Oh, okay, cool. cool. <laughs> but like, yeah. Better than I think. Yeah, because Alice is like, it sounded really good until the end. It sounded terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's when Jessica was actually playing. <laughs> but Jess is now, it's, it's furthering Jess's delusions because it makes her think, oh, I'm clearly good enough to play for Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the way, this is all setting up. You think there's going to be an amusing scene where she does play the recorder for Alex, and there isn't. Mm-mm. So sorry if you're getting your hopes up. Yeah. And Ned says, "Oh, you know, I always thought if one of you was going to be musical, it would be Liz. Why? Why would you think that and say it? <laughs> I know. Really, very the better twin, you know. <laughs> yeah. I always thought you'd show some uh, other hitherto unnoticed <laughs> genius, Liz. Yeah. So Liz, of course, knows that she has to uh, uh, has to stay quiet. On Monday, a gloomy Robin arrives at school, still totally torn, rehashing the same arguments again and again. Yeah. And uh, when Penny mentions to her, oh, there's a thing about your diving competition in the paper this week, and that just reminds Robin, oh God, everybody's going to be there to see my giant yes. failure. Yeah, and she's so uh, like out of off her game lately. She's just like, oh, this is a disaster. Yes, and she sees Annie, and uh, she's... Um, she she always has a moment of like she misses her but then yeah. Annie looks so light hearted it's like oh that should be me why do I am I burned down with all these troubles so when Annie you know approaches her looking like look I need to talk to you yeah Robin as is tradition runs, runs away crying <laughs> that's what you do of course <laughs> and uh, later at the Kane household Jessica ignores the small child that she's meant to be caring for in order to plot ways to seduce this child's brother oh, she literally considers dropping the milk she's taking out of the fridge and screaming so Alex would come in to see what was wrong oh my god she's so dramatic it's amazing it is but then she's like yeah but then I'll have to clean up all the milk so yeah. maybe not <laughs> um, yeah so she's she's got she's back to the drawing board again and then so she decides she's going to just go into Alex but then she's like artfully you know arranging things on his piano and he's like don't touch don't that, that. <laughs> and uh, she she asks for some you know, more challenging recorder music. And he is clearly, he just does not want her there. Yeah, he's, she's distracting him and he's not impressed he's, at all. He's like, I've got a load of work to do. Fucking leave me alone. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's trying to be polite. But yeah. You can see he just is dying to get no. rid of her. But of course, that just spurs her on because as we know, <laughs> she can't take a hint. Never take no for an answer Absolutely. is the Sweet Valley motto. Oh, yeah. And uh, at cheerleading, Robin. Uh, keeps making mistakes and forgetting stuff because she's so stressed and now she doesn't have anyone to talk to and she's she's a wreck and it's not helped when she gets home because they have a visitor oh yeah good old Aunt Fiona's in town she is and she is a massive bitch (laughs) (laughs) she insults Everything. She comes in like Cruella de Vil or something, doesn't she? Yeah, she's she is cartoonish. She yeah. says things like, "Oh, I'm relieved you got rid of all that baby fat to Robin." Ooh, yeah. 
Which is uh, also Robin has two little brothers, which were never really mentioned before. No, like where were they in in Power Play yeah. when you know Robin was running around after Jessica <laughs> and uh, eating ice cream constantly, <laughs> eating a cheesecake all to herself. Yes, so uh, Fiona and Fiona basically ignores them too. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, she's a strange woman. So she sneers at Robin's diving and the only time she shows any sort of human, you know, affection is when she says she's proud that Robin got into Sarah Lawrence. Yeah. And uh, in general, she just goes around insulting everything with the house. So she, she ins- <laughs> this does become relevant later. She, uh, she insults the book that Mrs. Wilson is reading and... Uh, Miss Robin's mother is like, oh, I got that from, you know, Mrs. King next door. And Fiona's like, oh, they had like some tacky lawn ornament or something. So, yeah, she's like, uh, oh, I'm not surprised. I noticed they've put up one of those dreary carriage boy statues since the last time I was here. If there's anything more dreadfully tacky, I'm sure I don't know what it is. And I looked up what a carriage boy what statue is because I was like, what is that? Yeah. And the first thing that comes up is one of those super racist <gasps> like lawn jockey things. Oh. Yeah, it's bad. I was like, that's not just tacky. That's oh, very questionable. Very questionable. Yeah. I oh. think there's like non-racist versions yeah. as well, but like that's what came up. When I looked up Carriage Boy statue, it was like, lawn jockey. It's oh. like, oh no, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, yeah. I guess, are we on Fiona's side now? I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now we're torn. <laughs> we have just decisions to make now. <laughs> Though her argument seems to be just it's tackiness. Yeah. Rather yeah. than it's uh, overt racism. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she's not a fan of the Kings next door. Of course, this is the uh, Tracy Kings yes. family. Yeah, and Fiona blathers on about her show. Oh, I'm doing the gallery a favor showing there, and uh, says that she's taking the family out for dinner in the Coat Door in Malvina. Now, mm. is that the fancy restaurant that? Um, Nicholas took Liz to. Remember they had their own oh, special yeah, like Yeah, because it was somewhere room. it was somewhere out of town as yeah, well. Wasn't it had it? a French name. Yeah, it probably is that. Um so yeah, how we, well there are quite a lot of apparently fancy French fancy restaurants French as we're going to discover over the next few months. Yeah, they just keep building them basically. There's a French restaurant boom going on in Sweet Valley. No Mexican ones, but no. like seven French ones. <laughs> That's what Southern California is known for, all the French cuisine. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And as Fiona talks to Mrs. Wilson, Robin realises she's basically been traded for a new kitchen <laughs> and that her aunt is loving, you know, lording it over the yeah. wall. There's also a great bit where um, Mrs. Wilson is talking about how she's been chatting to a designer in town. Oh. <laughs> and Aunt Fiona's like, please, not a housewife who took a correspondence course in interior decorating, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Alice. <laughs> Though we are told that no, Ooh, it's a, Alice Wakefield. She's a professional, I'll have you know. Actually, Alice did study interior design. No, she did. At college. Yeah, I just but love that it's like an inadvertent burn on I Alice. love that it was. I'd love it like, it doesn't matter, Alice Wakefield's very good. At yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Robin's totally overwhelmed. And even the idea that God someone pointed out of going to college like now. Yeah, she's is, only 16. Like, no, it's very early. I wouldn't want to go early. No. Like, you want to be the same age as yeah. your peers. Absolutely. I was going to say, uh, if you were young, you wouldn't be able to go into pubs and clubs. But obviously well, in America, anyway. you wouldn't be anywhere, yeah. able to anyway. Negative mm. crack. It really is. <laughs> uh, so, at the Dairy Burger, um, a passing Jess tells Liz about this rift between Annie and, uh, um, and Robin. And Liz realises this is her fault. 
Yes. And yeah. she feels guilty. And there's a great bit where she sort of pours her heart out to Enid. And Enid is kind of amazing in this scene because she clearly just does not give a shit about <laughs> Robin and George. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> she's like, okay, well, yeah, if you... If, if you feel bad about it, then sorry, but like, yeah. I don't care. Whatever, and, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and then Jess goes, or Liz goes on to talk about how guilty she feels about possibly stealing Jess's thunder about the recorder and Ina does not care. She literally says, I don't know what to tell you, Liz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about any of this stuff. <laughs> I don't care about the girl who stole my ex-boyfriend <laughs> and I don't care about your sister who hates me. So. <laughs> Why would I? These are mm, stupid problems. Yeah. Uh, so, go Enid. Basically, <laughs> for once, yeah. yeah. Um, so Jess is babysitting again, and she's had some. This everything about this is hilariously insane. She tells Alison, "Oh, I'll get your recorder for you," which she has previously stashed. <laughs> she's a psychopath. <laughs> Yeah, she's after stashing the, the the recorder somewhere in the music room that yeah. Alex is working in. So she can so she, she has an excuse, excuse to, go to go in. And it's so funny because she's just like she was beginning to wonder if he was totally immune to her. It was hard to believe. But that's how it seemed. It's like the fact that he just might not fancy her is like never a possibility. Oh god. Ever. No. Like, it's like something's wrong. Yeah. If he's not yeah. up for it. And when she goes in, she basically rubs herself up against him. Yeah. She's like, Oh, can I get in here? Oh god. She's a sexual harasser. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> and uh, she—he's—he uh, just cannot wait to get her out of the room. And she realizes, okay, this is not working. And yeah. the recorder playing—I'm, re- you know, seven or doubts about whether that's going to win him over. And when so she goes and asks Alison, does Alex like anything apart from music? Is there anything she can use to to get him? But mm. apparently, that's his sole focus. And <laughs> desperate, she decides she has to use quote. The fainting trick, oh God. which is apparently like a weapon in her arsenal it's, of boy it's, catching. Yeah, it's, it's a, a thing. Part of her repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain and what it is? Fainting. Because she does it. Yeah, she goes back into the room and again, he's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, what does she want now? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, she she kind of puts her hand to her forehead and flutters her eyelids and she goes, oh, I just feel so, so. She staggers, takes a few steps towards him, giving him the perfect chance to catch her yeah. as she falls. But then she just crumples in a heap on the floor because he just stands there. <laughs> But then, like inexplicably, I don't know. Did 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 he stumble trying to get out of her way and hit his head? Because he suddenly says, uh, "Oh, Jessica, uh, there's something special about you." Yeah, like I mean, the bitch gets results. You can't argue with that. True, (laughs) fairness. Because yeah, he kind of picks her up and carries her to the couch, and he's like, "I know I've been rude. I get like that when I work, but you seem like such a nice girl, and I couldn't help wondering." And she's like, "All right, we're getting somewhere finally." (laughs) But then he's like, "I'm going to be leaving at the end of semester for New York to study in Juilliard." Yeah, and Jess is like, "Uh, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "You know, I'm so busy with my music, but maybe in a year or two when I come back." (laughs) And Jessica's like, "Oh no, forget it." (laughs) Also, because every like 18 year old boy is like, "Oh yeah, will you wait for me?" around for two years till I come back like nah, when crying. I go to New York that famously oh. boring city where yeah. there's no distraction none whatsoever I will be pining away for you Jessica uh, weird girl who harassed me certainly not going to go out with any age appropriate women or anything <laughs> uh, well that's obviously as you say no not Jessica's uh, 
uh, vision of happiness. Yeah, it's so, so funny. She just switches it off completely and she's just like, she's oh, look at the time. I gotta go. <laughs> she is a psycho. She literally says, oh, I have to meet my boyfriend. <laughs> and quote, she didn't give another thought to Alex yeah. Kane. And as my notes say, poor Mahasan, I hope she didn't get too attached. Jesus, yeah, because Jessica's out of there. like, yeah. <laughs> And never is going to think for the, about her or her mother again. No. So she arrives home and she finds, uh, catches Liz playing the recorder and is all, oh yeah, whatever. Play it if you oh want. yeah, she doesn't care because Elizabeth Caesar comes in and she's like, oh no, I'm in trouble. Thinking that she's going to fly off the handle. But Jessica's like, yeah, I don't care. Do it, whatever. I hate Not recorder. a problem. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that whole plot was a waste of time. Oh, it went nowhere. Though I guess it sort of sets something up for the next book. It kind of does. Gives, yeah. It gives Liz a reason to be close to Julie. Yeah, for yeah. the next book. But like, still. I mean, it was. Well, they put us through all that for nothing. Oh, I know. We did get some good Prince Albert moments. <laughs> to get some good fingering diagrams. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned a lot about fingering. We sure have. This has been an education <laughs> in so many ways. And so now that this problem has been removed, Liz has more time to worry about Robin. Um, and she rings Robin to say, "Look, it's not wasn't Annie; it was me." Yeah, but she also let this fly for a couple of days. It's like she, the one subject that had been crowded out of out for the past few days, came back into her mind. Robin and Annie. It's like, well, you obviously didn't fucking feel that guilty if you just decided to sit back for a couple of days and let them fight. Yeah, even though you knew it was your fault. Also, you were at school with them. Like, like she could have cleared this up ages ago I if know. she actually gave a shit. You weren't so busy worrying about your fingering and. Whether you were blowing the right like way. Like if you knew you, you were the reason that two people were fighting and there was no need for it. Yeah. Like you'd be like, shit, lad, sorry, that was my mistake. You should whatever. do it straight like, away. Clear that shit up right away. She, she should have done it the day she found it's out. It's like a week later. And she's like, oh yeah, that. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Elizabeth. <laughs> well, and it is too late because uh, she rings Robin, but there's no answer mm. because Robin is on her way to Le Codor. And oh, yes. As they arrive at the restaurant, like the brothers are acting up, Robin's all st- sort of goofing around, Robin's all stressed, and Fiona is holding court like the power crazed Cruella. Yeah, completely. She is. <laughs> She's boasting about the sales of her paintings, and we realise that like her the sale of like two paintings would pay all of Robin's college Oof. fees for like four years. And um she raises glass to Robin, but that is like the final straw for Robin. This all this sort of boasting and yeah. pressure running it over everybody yeah and Robin just cracks and says she's not sure about accepting the, the offer yet and everybody is horrified and Robin really feels backed into a corner which actually is quite effective the the sense of panic and mm. things being out of her control oh, yeah like she feels are quite well done yeah no you am saying this but you would feel are. very much railroaded into this whole situation yeah yeah and Fiona says well if you don't go to Sarah Lawrence you don't get a penny of my money and Robin says that she wouldn't take Fiona's money if, if it meant Starving. starving to death yeah. like you are starving to death because you don't eat oh, but okay oh <laughs> sorry <laughs> wow that was a very telling choice of words Wasn't Robin it? yeah <laughs> uh, so of course uh, as is the sweet body way she runs away crying she does and she rings George to come get her but like Cause she runs outside onto she, the street she does but like her man doesn't come out after her or anything like, oh her mother's in, shitty they're in an entirely different town and she's just like your daughter's just run out crying and you're yeah. just like yeah grand we're just gonna finish her dinner I guess oh the first course has arrived oh sorry like, she doesn't even come out to check where she went or like I know it's really weird well she's a pretty terrible mother yeah um and uh yeah she calls George as you said and George collects her but he is like I think this is the worst he is in the whole book because he he's just so he doesn't question um 
himself. He's no. just like, they don't have any right to mess with our, our plans. plans. Yeah. And he really sees it as being something that Robin and him are doing together yeah. for a college choice. And Robin kindly kind of realises this. That he's as bad as Fiona, basically. Yeah, yeah. that everybody's making assumptions and mm-hmm. decisions about her. And, uh, no one's actually asking her what she wants to do, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he drops her home and of course Liz rings straight away and confesses mm-hmm. all and Robin is just like oh, yeah whatever I don't care my life's a mess. Yeah, she's like she didn't feel like talking to anyone even Elizabeth <gasps> Wakefield so you know things are bad. Oh God. <laughs> but poor Robin's on her lowest point. <laughs> and Liz says oh well, well you know I'll come along to cheer you at the diving tomorrow and Robin's like oh shit yeah. that's tomorrow. Like she said so much going on in fairness to her like oh God and now she has to go to a big diving competition like no pressure Robin. No she's really <laughs> Not in the right frame of mind. No, not at all. And uh, it's a sunny day as the crowds gather at the pool because obviously, as as usual, everybody is obsessed with high school sports. Of course. <laughs> and George is there and he sees the uh, the cheerleaders gather and everybody's ready to cheer Robin on. But he feels angry when he thinks about Robin's bossy family who seem to know what's best for her. And actually, that's the moment where he has, he just feels a bit uneasy, but he's he's not sure, not sure why. why. Yeah, can't quite put his finger on it. <laughs> but he's thinking about her family deciding things for mm. her. Sounds familiar. <laughs> and the warm up for the competition begins and uh, Tracy is doing perfect dives but Robin yeah. is off and George is watching and blames her family which adds to his rage. And when Liz joins him he um, he he shares this rage and saying like look you know Robin doesn't want to go to New York she just wants to stay here. And Liz very sensibly says but if she really 100% wants to, wants to stay here why did she even apply? Yeah. To Sarah Lawrence. Yeah and George is like oh because they made her and like uh, he, as he's saying it he's like no wait that doesn't sound right yeah some part of her might actually want to go yeah and that's when he realises that he has been putting pressure on her too so at least he does have a proper revelation there is some amount of self-awareness eventually yeah yeah he realises he was acting like a spoiled brat mm-hmm. and he's been manipulating her just as much as her aunt actually yeah. he does have kind of a proper revelation of his True. own terribleness yeah, and he does and he does feel bad about it which is the least he could do and he also tries to make it better so that is true. I guess I mean it's a bit too little too late but I suppose credit where it's due <laughs> he's seen the error of his ways exactly and he decides that he just sort of leaps to his feet and um says that he needs to show Robin how brave she is and Liz is like what is happening? Yeah there's also like a convenient delay in the start of the competition because one of the judges are late so there's like an extra half hour basically where nothing's happening so he's like okay I'm gonna go and I have lots of time off. Yeah, because poor Robin is not in a good frame of mind oh. as, and the longer that they wait the more freaked out she is because yeah. Tracy is like trash talking her yeah fucking Tracy <laughs> I want more Tracy. She's a good villain. Yeah, she is actually. <laughs> Sneering and snickering at everybody. Yeah. Um, so she's she's waiting for the judges to, to arrive and then she sees George leave the bleachers. Oh. And that she thinks, oh shit, okay, he's not going to even stay. Yeah, she's like, oh, he's too bored to even stay and watch. He doesn't care. And just like the nerves are building and she's just like, what is the point of this? Like, what am I putting myself through it for? Yeah. And finally, the competition begins and she fucks up her first dive. Oh no. And then she sees George return to the bleachers with her whole family in yeah. tow, including Fiona. But like those fuckers weren't even going to come to her I know. competition. I oh. know. How did it take George going yeah. to get them? Like, this is obviously some big deal. Yeah. Like, uh, I know they had a bit of a falling out the night before, but still, go to her fucking competition. She's 16. <laughs> Jesus, like, like come oh, on, lads. Lord. But So she feels her confidence return, especially when she sees Annie cheering her on. And yeah. Then there are 
There was a lot of descriptions oh of God. diving. Like this ghostwriter obviously just really wanted to talk about competitive diving. Yes. And like this was written in 88 and there were Olympics on that year. So I just oh, think it was someone, true. somebody was on a massive like <laughs> Olympic diving buzz and was just like, I am going to spend eight pages talking about yeah. diving so and we're describing not dives and the scoring system. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and the different sorts of dives. I don't care about this. <laughs> All you need to know, listeners, is that Tracy and Robin are neck and neck for ages. Tracy's just about in the lead and... Uh, <laughs> Just as Robin is, you know, about to do her final dive, she sees her aunt is watching her like, you know, hands on the edge of her seat. Yes, she can't. She's very into it. And that gives Robin the confidence you need to have tens, tens, tens Tens across the board. board. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think she gets one nine. But anyway, maybe it's a nine and a half. So, yeah, she's won. And uh, her coach uh, points out she can pretty much get an athletic scholarship yeah. if she wants. Sweet. So she's out of Rad's clutches. Hooray. And every, her family group and congratulate her. She tells Aunt Fiona, look, I'm sorry if I was rude yesterday, but I'm really not ready to go to college yet. I'm going to make my decision next year. Yeah. Sensible. Absolutely. Should have done Jesus. this at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and uh, George actually... Uh, this is kind of good because she says, you know, my diving's important to me. I want to stay in California. George is all looking smug and she's like, it's not because of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, don't be getting ahead of yourself over there, mister. <laughs> uh, so she's like, whatever it takes. Um, I, You know, if I need to get a job, I'll get a job. If I need to get a loan, I'll get a loan. I'm yeah. going to pay for it myself. And Fiona says, oh, you know, what if you're working and diving and studying, you won't do anything well. And Robin says, well, I'm going to try. Independence yeah. is important to me. And of course... Fiona says, you're stubborn, just like me. I'll pay for your college wherever you want to go. Hooray! And a delighted Robin hugs her and realises she's got water all over, because she's still in her swimsuit, all over Fiona's silk suit. And Fiona, because she's such a <laughs> obnoxious bitch, says, don't worry, I can afford it. Oh, Jesus. And they all laugh. Yeah. But also, like, the reason that he managed to get Aunt Fiona on board to even come to this thing in the first place is because George, when he went to the house to kind of, like, rally the troops, he told Aunt Fiona that that Robin was up against Tracy King. And Fiona's like, oh, that family with the taggy statue. So we have to go now and see you, Peter. It's like, really? Not the fact that you just want to support your niece and be sound about it? Oh, she's a terrible person. Like, she's only there out of spite because of a statue. (laughs) She's probably going to pull the the college payments, like, halfway through. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Leave her high and dry. Um, So, but anyway, they're all happy. And Robin apologised to Annie and everything is great until yeah. that book where Robin gets an eating disorder. Oh. Well, that's going to be about 30 books down. The okay. So. <laughs> she's, got a, she's got a few months, weeks. Who oh, knows Jesus. what the time scale of yeah. that is. And a relieved Liz witnesses this reconciliation and um, says, oh, I'm so worried that I'd fuck things up between them. Not that fucking worried. I know, yeah. You let it run for a couple of days anyway. Yeah. And Jess, of course, because Jess can't understand being worried about other people. It's like, oh, what's the big deal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liz is, Liz genuinely says is genuinely horrified by um, her sister's lack of sensitivity yeah she says like are you, do you care about anything yeah you're to- are you just totally insensitive it's like yes have you ever met her before unless it concerns her she doesn't give a shit stop trying to cons- you know convince yourself your sister yeah. is a good person because yeah. she clearly isn't <laughs> and uh, Jess is just, just like eh, whatevs I'm going home to work on my tan <laughs> And Liz, because she's still recorder obsessed, decides to uh, ring her alleged old chum, 
Julie Porter. Yeah, Julie, who we previously met, wasn't it the book about her sister Joanna? It was when Joanna yeah. dropped out of college or yeah. had dropped out and came back to school. And her yeah. mother died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Julie's like real musical. But apparently her and Liz used to be quite good friends when they were mm. younger and they've drifted apart. So now she's kind of going to go hang out with her and get her to teach her the recorder, I guess. Yeah, for free. <laughs> her good nature just pay for just a recording taking teacher. advantage of people yeah. and telling yourself that like you're just I don't know a great giving, person for doing gre- so yeah. <laughs> gracing them with the pre- your oh, yeah. presence and Julie's lucky of course she is she gets to hang out with the Wakefield and actually Julie is grateful for this so <laughs> God help them all uh, so yeah Liz heads to the Porter house and we're uh, we're reminded of how musical the whole family are and Julie comes out with a tall boy yeah, so there's this, yeah, she introduces Liz and he's this guy, Josh Bowen, mm. who apparently Liz had seen around school, but n- never had a class with him. So he's a senior. Him. Oh, he's a senior. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's Julie's neighbour. Yes. And they've been pals for years. And Liz wonders if they're dating, but uh, but thinks that Julie doesn't have, quote, that certain sparkle. Oh, Jesus. Because that's what happens. <laughs> you're out with somebody, you become radiant and sparkling. <laughs> that's how it works, yeah. And Josh heads off and uh, when... Liz asks oh so you know anything between you two and Julie says no no we're just friends so they start working on basic duets and Liz has not had a single lesson <laughs> like how the fuck is she able to play a duet where somebody else is playing something a different counter melody distracting <laughs> you none of this makes any sense nope. and uh, Julie when they take a break starts asking Liz about fraternities mm. yes and she's all, yeah was it Josh wants to pledge to the Phi Epsilon yes. fraternity. Yeah. And he's been hanging out with a Bruce recently mm. because Bruce apparently has sort of taken over the, fr- the fraternity. Yeah. But he was always in it. He was always in it, but he's kind of like the main one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know how this has just happened. <laughs> um, but uh, Judy seems intrigued by Bruce. Yeah. And she remembers that Jess went out with them and Liz is like, well, yeah, not for very long. And uh, when... Junie says that Bruce seems so confident. Liz is basically, that's one word for it. Yeah. (laughs) And when Liz asks why Junie is asking so many questions about Bruce, Junie is blushing. Mm. A horrified Liz suspects Junie has the hots for him. Oh no. And that is basically it. Can you read us out? That's the setup. Yeah. So does Julie Porter have her sights set on Bruce Patman? Yes. Find out in Sweet Valley High number 47. Troublemaker. (gasps) And that was... Decisions. Decisions. Yes. Um. It was quite a serious one. It was. It was kind kind of a long one for Sweet Valley. It felt well. like. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot about diving. Oh my god! There was so much diving talk at the end. Like we really skimmed past it, mm. but there was a good ten pages. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm describing very every dive and the scores and how yeah. all that worked. And it was like diving is fun to watch. It is not fun to read about. Ew. It was very technical. <laughs> it really was this yeah. discussion. No, somebody was absolutely dying to talk about diving. Like, <laughs> well, apart from diving stats, do you have any uh, story stats? So the blondness only got one mention. Oh my good I god! Know. What has happened to them? It's it's we've fallen off a cliff with the blondness, mm. but uh, the blue green eyes got four mentions okay which is something that's quite a contrast normally it's it more or less the same yeah yeah they're usually pretty even but mm. uh and uh poor old mrs wilson is referred to as plump twice what yeah <laughs> i did not notice that oh, yeah yeah her plump wrists and her plump cheeks and it's like oh, jesus okay <laughs> god what is with these people and body issues mm-hmm. yeah it's not great um in terms of outfits they were pretty thin on the ground yeah I noticed that myself um, Alison wears a very cute outfit because she's just like an adorable child so she has uh, yellow corduroy overalls and a pink t-shirt 
Your bare toes peeked out from under upturned cuffs. It's like that is very a very cute. also a very eighties kid eighties yellow outfit. cords like yeah yeah brilliant. yellow and pink together. Yeah. I used to sport a yellow skirt with a fuchsia pink t shirt, nice, which I thought was very cool. Yeah, um, and then at one point George is wearing an orange polo shirt. So that's mm. a choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Stylish. Yeah, but that was it for outfits. Oh, but also we have the return of the number 137. We did. Yeah, it pops up twice. Yay. So, uh, Jessica on. is talking about when Robin blew up at Annie at cheerleading practice. She says Robin was acting like the world was about to explode into 137 million pieces. 137 million. I know. Oh, <laughs> taking it up a notch. And then uh, when she catches Liz playing the recorder, she just tells her, look, it's fine. You're, you're better at this. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're just 137 times better than I am well probably not wrong no good to see it back but um, yeah nice to see it back it's been a while it's been quite a while I can't remember the last I kind of forgot that it was a thing until I saw it I was like oh yes (laughs) but speaking of visuals Mm. you have brought something to the studio (laughs) which I am very excited about because I have not seen it until this very moment can you tell us what it is okay so it's the Sweet Valley uh, like a graphic novel that (gasps) came out there about a month ago and it's teeny tiny. It's so little. It's so cute. I thought it was going to be like a full size graphic novel, you know, like standard <laughs> yes. graphic novel size, no, A4 it's size. A, it's kind of short, but like, it's very good. <gasps> um, it's called Academic All-Star. Oh. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Like the, the character design is really nice. Can it's, I have a, it's, uh, have it's a actually look? set in like modern day, but in a way oh. that's quite good and not in like a way that makes you furious like those awful rewrites of the first six books yes. from a while ago. Yeah. They ruined everything. And made everything very cheesy. So they've managed to do it in quite a good way. Um, is that Mr. Collins? It's not. He's no, I know this is so. This is a handsome teacher that Jess falls for. That she's doing like a what? special extra credit class. In Where was Mr. Collins? Sweet Valley U. So he doesn't actually sh- show up in it. He's mentioned because she says how oh, Mr. Phew. Collins makes her take this class. So he's like this other kind of handsome teacher that how she falls for. I know, I know. But like oh. they're setting it up that there's going to be another one. So I hope they keep doing him because uh, oh my lord, it's great. But um, it's really good and it's kind of it's properly funny and they do kind of poke fun at how problematic the old books are. Oh my God. Because Jessica is like in love with this teacher and when she tells Elizabeth about it she like does this whole talk about power dynamics and how inappropriate it is for him oh. to be an adult in a relationship with her and it's like shit this is amazing. <laughs> this but it's, um, is amazing. But it's also really funny because it pokes fun at Liz as well because it'll show her like knitting at some point and she's like you know I make scarves for blind veterans. <laughs> All this kind of stuff like constantly throughout it and it's great oh wow now is she in the Hershey oh no she doesn't so have the Hershey not, the Hershey bar. bar isn't quite what you'd want it to be it's more like a purple kind of room no. but um, but it's it's good I really enjoy is it is that Lila that's Lila yeah she looks good doesn't she is that Enid <laughs> Enid actually doesn't show up in it oh yeah so they've kind of streamlined it a little bit but um, it's great oh I'm intrigued yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I yeah. might have to steal it off you. Yeah, definitely. And but uh, yeah, and they kind of they use like Instagram as kind of part of the plot point as well. But you get to see then everybody's Instagram handles as well. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Todd looks. Oh, Todd does not have coffee-coloured brown eyes. Not so much. And actually, I think Todd looks kind of different to on in it than he does on the cover because on the cover it's Luke Perry. Oh my god, it is. Like it's, it's literally just a little cartoon Luke Perry it on the is. cover, oh. and that's Todd, <laughs> which is more than he deserves. Do we have Winston? Um, no, we don't. Like, it's very much like kind of pared down to just the twins and then kind of Lila, Amy and some other girl, yeah. Ellen. I don't know who she is. See, I think they, I don't think you should be making up people. 
That's fair. Yeah. You should be sticking to yeah. the uh, core cast. To the core cast. <laughs> but maybe they, they, I guess there's a lot to fit in. So mm. they might have to yeah, wait Yeah, I think they might have just amalgamated two. some characters maybe for some oh, of it. But it's, it's done well. And it I really does like look it. good. Yeah. The artwork is cool. It I really is. like it. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but, uh, and even though it is set like in an updated version, their clothes and everything are still kind of 80s. Like yes. they could pass for 80s. Like a cool. And the cover, one of them now, who is that? Is that Liz? That's or? Jessica. Uh, yeah, so Jess is wearing a kind of quite a rah-rah skirt yeah. and an off-the-shoulder star-covered top. Yeah, because looking at the cover, it could still be the 80s. I thought it was the 80s. Yeah, no, but it's actually all Because I had seen the cover before you took it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> well, no, maybe we might have to have an episode where we both um, delve into it. Delve into it properly. <laughs> yeah. And we'll keep you posted if there's a volume two. Yeah, I hope they do another one. It's really good. Because they've obviously, they've got a number one, mm. you know, with a flag, like the iconic image yeah. on the cover, which implies, it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. It does end with like, yeah. Oh my God, it does. Yeah, setting it up for the next one. Find out in the next Sweet Valley High. Mm-hmm. <gasps> the saga continues. We could have a whole spin-off. <laughs> spin-off <And> podcast. <laughs> Well, if any of you have read it, do let us know. We always love hearing from you. Yes. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Please do at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And you can follow the network at HS Pod Network and This Headstuff. And uh, we will see you in two weeks mm. when we find out. Now, now, as I started that sentence, I know, it's like, how are you going to tie this up into? Uh, I don't the really title. know who is the, the troublemaker. troublemaker. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's Bruce. Yeah, it kind of is. Okay, so we'll find out what happens <laughs> when innocent little Julie Porter sets her sights on. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's convoluted, but I'm with you. <laughs> troublemaker. <laughs> No fingering diagrams required. (laughs) See you in two weeks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade.